Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. Thank you so very much for joining us as we take a look at the book. I hold in my hand a copy of my five-hour audio series on CD entitled Ishmael's Islamic Invasion. Islam is a very controversial issue today. You need to understand what God's Word has to say about Islam. Islam, a religion of the world, that's the fastest growing religion, by the way, throughout all of Europe and much of the United States. Well, we want to talk about the Islamic invasion, not only of the European Union member states, but also throughout all of the West and including the United States. This is a very important study that you need to be able to think through as we live in the days in which we find ourselves living. Since 9-11, this has been a key issue. So if you'll take a moment now, we'll listen to the Islamic invasion, and then we'll be back and tell you how you can get your own copy of this five-hour audio series on CD entitled Ishmael's Islamic Invasion. Let's now listen to our study, The Islamic Invasion. I want to continue our study in Islam, and let me just do a few things, make a few statements to get you on the same page with us, those that have not been able to join with us as of yet. We have been talking about one of the subjects that I believe is the most important subject that I have dealt with in a long, long time. And the title of the series, you can, it's available here at Word of Life. You can get it. It's entitled Ishmael's Islamic Invasion. I spent some time in looking at Satan's subtle strategy at setting in place a dominion over this world, a one-world kingdom. We're going to develop that a bit more this morning. But indeed, it was Satan who took the idea from God because in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28, it was God who told Adam that he now had dominion over all of creation. Satan, realizing that, had to institute a subtle strategy. That subtle strategy uh, took place in the uh, establishment of sin by Satan tempting and being used through and using confusion of what God had said to Adam and Eve to bring sin into the world, chapter 3 of the book of Genesis. And thus he then gained control over humankind and thus over all of God's creation through one man, through Adam, who had been placed in that position by God himself. Uh, nothing new under the sun. Satan does not have any new ideas. He simply is playing on the other ideas. Uh, Satan coming into existence, a good angel in the first six days of creation, but then realizing he could exercise his own free will five times in the book of Isaiah chapter 14, said he would rise above the stars, he would put his throne in the heavenlies, he would be like God, he would be worshipped at Jerusalem. And uh, then through the years he started to use personalities in the word, and we looked at Ishmael just briefly as we traced his true legacy. Ishmael was not the father of the Arab world. In fact, if you think about it, his mother Hagar was an Egyptian. Very difficult for Ishmael to father the Egyptians if his mother was one. And we looked at uh, those in Genesis chapter 10 who came into existence, Cush, Ethiopia, Somalia, Sudan, Put, Libya, uh, Nimrod who goes to Shinar in the plains between the two rivers, the Tigris and Euphrates, modern day Iraq, and establishes his kingdom. And we saw how these 
different Arab countries in the world today, most of them in place 500 years before Abraham coming, came on the scene and 500 and some years before Ishmael ever came on the scene as well. And so we saw that taking place. Yesterday we looked at the, what I would refer to as the components of Islam and I referred to them as a satanic trio talking about the diviner, which would be the one who is the spokesperson for this satanic uh, religiosity, Islam. And I am not going to go into all the details that I said, but I reported that to Muhammad, who had been involved in signs, wonders, and miracles through the times, was involved in that particular uh, area of demonology. And then we looked at the deity, Allah, who is not who is not the God of this book. He denies uh, the humanity of Jesus Christ and that he is the Son of God himself. And then we looked at the doctrine and some in the Koran and how it has the, uh, the doctrine of abrogation, abrogating all that is truth in God's New Testament, God's Old Testament, and uh, telling us what we need to know about what God has done, is doing, and will do in the future. Now today I want to come to the Islamic invasion in our world. Satan brings into existence, I believe, a satanic religiosity. And I think that we have to be, and I'm, uh, let, me, let me just make a statement here. I prefaced my entire study the other day by saying I'm not attacking personalities of the Islamic faith. I am attacking the philosophy of the Islamic faith itself. And I think that we have to, in this time in which we're living, move forward to do exactly that. By the way, I mentioned that there was an excellent book that was available. I'm not sure if it's in the bookstore here. We'll have to find out. But Unveiling Islam, two brothers who were born into the Islamic world. Their father was a Muslim. They grew up as Muslims. Then they came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Now they are professors, one uh, in Hickory, North Carolina, one in Dallas, Texas, in two of the most conservative Baptist schools you're ever going to come across. Um, in fact, Chuck Scheide, who is the head of the Bible Institute here, uh, knowing one of them very well, and I believe one of them just spoke someplace locally this last weekend. And I'm talking about Ergon Kanner and Emir Kanner, and the book entitled Unveiling Islam, an excellent treatment, uh, an apologetic in helping us to understand the Islamic faith and what it is. Here are two men that come out of it. Here's two men that as their mother tongue, it is Arabic, which is, if you're going to read the Quran, uh, they say that it's blasphemy to ever translate the Quran because Arabic is the holy language and the Quran written in perfect Arabic, which is not a true statement, uh, but uh, that you're not allowed to even spend any time in an English translation of it. And uh, they really have put out death warrants for those who have done English translations of the Quran. But anyway, that would be an excellent resource material. And then uh, Brother Steve here found a website last evening that I'm going to be looking at and talking to you, maybe give you some more information about it tomorrow. And so this will help you to get a grasp or a handle on uh, some of that which is going on in our world. But I want to speak today about the Islamic invasion. And first of all, what I want to, what I want to think about is uh, the promise of the Messiah. We'll look at the problems for Muhammad 
and the preparations by the Muslims, but first the promise of Messiah. Go with me to the book of Daniel, if you will. Daniel chapter 2. You might remember Daniel now comes from the royal family in Jerusalem, taken by Nebuchadnezzar when he was the crown prince. He was the crown prince, heir apparent, to take over the Babylonian Empire. He had just defeated the, Syri- the Assyrians in the north. He had driven the Egyptians who had come to join in the battle with the Assyrians against the Babylonians. He had driven them down the land bridge back into what we know as modern-day Egypt. He was making his way through the land bridge, which is modern-day Israel. It touches three continents, Africa, Asia, and Europe. And, so, and by, by the way, that's why it's such a, such a strategic location in all of the world. Ezekiel 5, 5, God says, I put Jerusalem in the center of the earth and all the nations around her. And so he's making his way through the land bridge. He comes through Jerusalem. And he sees this magnificent temple that Solomon had spent seven and a half years building. He sees them worshiping a God that he does not recognize. So he takes Daniel, the three Hebrew children, into the captivity or into Babylon. He's going to train them up. So then later on, they will be able to help him as he goes and gets all the Jews and brings them into the Babylonian captivity as well. And he'll have four young men that will be set in place and be able to help him accomplish his goal. He trains them in chapter 1. In chapter 2, they become the qualified wise men and are a part of a special group that advises now King Nebuchadnezzar, his father having died, Now King Nebuchadnezzar, and Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, and Nebuchadnezzar wants an interpretation of the dream. He had referred to the wise men his dreams of the past, and they would give an interpretation of some kind. He didn't really see that resulting in the absolute truth or the ultimate uh, unveiling of that dream coming to happen, coming to be. And so he now has a better idea. He said, instead of just getting the interpretation, I want the dream itself. And so he calls some of his wise men in. By the way, Daniel and three Hebrew children were not there. And so they, uh, these wise men came in and he said, fellas, I want the interpretation of the dream. Yes, Nebuchadnezzar, give us the dream. We'll give you the interpretation. He says, no, not this time. I want the dream and then the interpretation. If you can give me the interpretation, you can give me the dream as well. Oh, no, Nebuchadnezzar, that did never, we don't do that type of thing. That's never happened. It's going to happen this time or I'm going to cut your heads off. You understand? That's real plain, isn't it? And so give me the interpretation after you give me the dream. Well, they can't do it. He gives them a little bit of time. Meanwhile, Daniel, Ananias, Hazariah, and Mishael, the three Hebrew boys, decide, oh, we better get together because we're part of this constituency of wise men. We better come up with an answer for Nebuchadnezzar. Well, God, and it tells us in the second chapter of Daniel, God gives Daniel the capability of seeing the dream, and interpreting the dream. That's his chapter 2. And you know the dream. He saw a man with a gold head. He had a, a chest and arms of silver, belly and thighs of brass, legs of iron, ten toes of iron and clay. A stone comes along and hits this image of the man, bursts it up into little pieces. The wind comes along, blows the pieces away, and then that stone becomes a mountain. You see, that's exactly what Daniel tells. Here, starting in verse 31 of Daniel chapter 2, he tells him the dream. Now Nebuchadnezzar is blown away. He said, what? That is the dream. Now maybe this guy's authentic. These other guys have been using subterfuge to lead me down a a merry little rosy path, but now maybe I've found an authentic diviner of dreams that can tell me what's going on. 
A moment ago, I said that the terrorist attack of 9-11 in New York City, Washington, D.C., and the fields of Pennsylvania indeed did begin a new era. It was the beginning of the end, as I understand Bible prophecy. And Islam plays a key role in end-time events. You need to have your copy of Ishmael's Islamic Invasion. It's a five-hour audio series on CD that will look at Satan's dominion strategy, Ishmael's true legacy, Islam's satanic trio, the Islamic invasion, and Islam, the final solution. All of this available on Ishmael's Islamic invasion, this five-hour audio series on CD. If you'd like to get your own copy of it, call our toll-free number. It's 877-674-3298. You can make your order that way, or you can go to our website, prophecytoday.com, but make certain that you get your copy of Ishmael's Islamic Invasion, the five-hour audio series on CD. A very important study that you need to have at this time in history. And by the way, Let me say thank you so much for joining us as we've taken a look at the book right here. We are thrilled when we have opportunity to take the Word of God, open it with you, and share the truths found therein. And of course, as we do that, we become more and more aware that Jesus Christ could come at any moment. He could shout, the archangel will shout, the trumpet of God will sound, and we'll be caught up to be with him forevermore. Oh, as I think about that, you know, that could happen at any moment. So there's nothing left for me to say, except let's keep looking up until...